0: I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl and I'm Esther Ikoro and we're the hosts of the Honest Field
1: Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey.
0: Today on the Honest Field Guide podcast, help yourself, the state of self-help and motivation for entrepreneurs and small business owners.
1: Motivation and self-help are two different things to me. Absolutely. So I don't think
0: that... But they go hand in hand.
1: I think I, I think they go hand in hand, sure. Yeah, I mean, you could be motivated to continue to read <laughs> self-help books and not actually do anything.
0: <laughs> well, I'm saying motivation because motivation fits into that category. Self-help can mean a lot of things. Motivation is under the, the category of self-help mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Self-help is the umbrella term. Mm-hmm. People deal with... Motivation, weight loss. Motivation for weight loss. Motivation for it pursuing their ideas and dreams. Like mm-hmm. some people struggle with lack of motivation. Some people just need strategies to get somewhere. Some people need to actually help themselves want to get to the place that they actually want to be.
1: So you're gonna have to help me define help this <laughs> 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 because uh, I I am a person that does not have lack of motivation so no. I struggle I struggle myself with people that have none and I and I have to check myself sometimes because yeah. I it's like a it's like a foreign entity a foreign language it's like it's like a foreign
0: being in front of yeah. me that doesn't well, have mean, motivation you're a business owner and but, you own a pretty active business mm-hmm. those people usually don't struggle with what we perceive as motivation a writer like Mel Robbins for instance she says that motivation is garbage. Like it's it's not something that is necessary to get things done because motivation is nice to have, but it doesn't always consistently show up when you need it. You have a lot to say about this topic. Uh, most of it is not positive. <laughs> uh, I once read a quote by an Olympic runner and someone asked them, like, what do you like about training and he was like nothing i hate it yeah it sucks all the time mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> that yeah. doesn't have anything to do with how much i do it and when i do it and all of that so i think when we talk about motivation we talk about it as this like nebulous thing that just falls almost like creativity mm-hmm. like creativity is great when you feel like inspired but you can't build a car- a creative career off of inspiration alone you have to like do things when you need to do them i mean
1: muhammad ali talks about you know how he hates practicing he always talked about that you know but he knows that by practicing Mm -hmm. you know he could win Mm -hmm. you know by training so yeah um sharpen your sword i mean lack of helping yourself is what we're kind of talking about because of the over reliance on self-help books and you know it's like what we talked about the last um the last workshop where you can be watching the cooking shows and you feel like you're cooking but you're really not (laughs) you're just like you know i'm gonna do this and then you can't execute
0: you got all the pieces but something just isn't turning over you ever seen that movie failure to launch no i've heard of it oh yeah so that's kind of what it is it's like wait what's failure to launch again what is it the movie yeah what is it again it's got that white guy in it that's always like this
1: Yeah, but is it is it is it a? uh, It's a rom com.
0: Okay. So basically, what happens is that this this mother and father have a son who's like in his thirties and he hasn't left the house. Yeah. And so they hire a woman who's actually a life coach. Yeah. But (laughs) I need a life coach. She pretends to fall in love with him, Mm -hmm. and from the perspective of romance and his girlfriend, motivates him to get his life together. Okay, gotcha. That's her angle of getting people to do stuff and say like. She boosted his confidence by falling in love with him, mm-hmm. being this, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, because it's a rom com, they actually fall in love and blah blah blah. Right. And then he finds out, and he just like, is this real? And the, you know, she has her whole apologizing scene, but and it, it wasn't time. real though. Well, she actually fell in love with him. She did in the end. Yeah, because it's a movie, right? <laughs> it's got a Hollywood ending. <laughs> in real life, it'd be like, I'm actually your therapist. Please put your <laughs> clothes back on.
1: I mean, I feel like you know when you talk about. Um, you know, life coaches, I think my question always becomes, when do you decide that it's time to have a life coach? You know, what, at what point do you realize that? Yeah. You absolutely cannot continue unless you get some outside intervention. And this is not therapy. Well, this is someone to help you. someone that's like
0: tactical for you. These are the things you said you were going to do and you did like one of them. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing. And that's very different from it. That's very different from a mentor and very different from an advisor. This is someone who has a single job to keep you make on you, track. And to
0: make you – or to help you get to the next level. Right. So yeah. everyday people don't think about coaching like that. Mm-hmm. But ex- really high-powered executives, mm-hmm. athletes, like those types of people think about that all the time. Yeah. I know because I spend a lot of time listening to them talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> like-
1: I know. So when do you decide that it's time to actually have a coach? I mean because I've had conversations with entrepreneurs that are considering hiring a coach because they have the idea – Mm -hmm. they have they believe they have the motivation they Mm -hmm. think they have a great idea but they're just not able to you know get to the next Mm -hmm. step you know and maybe they just need someone to keep pushing them what about if you have a business though that you're that you're working on and you feel like you've done a lot of the groundwork and you know you need you really do need someone to help you get to whatever the next step is or help you continue or help you see things you can't see? I mean, you know, is that someone that you bring in because you're losing steam or because you're close to launching, but you just can't get there? Or is it someone that is kind of just in the background saying, you know, rah, 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 keep going. I mean, what, at what point is it?
0: Rah, 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 keep going is for your friend's family and your, your like significant other. Okay. People who have plateaued, mm-hmm. one, and then people who are trying to get to the next level.
1: Okay. I love the plateau conversation because that to me is when I think about, um, you know, my, my children who are in sports mm-hmm. and they get to a certain point where they can't get over a hump anymore. For example, they can't drop their time in swimming, right? Or, um, you know, they're, you know, at another level of soccer or something and they can't figure out how to convert, you know, when they're in the field. You know, they've just reached a point where they can't make a difference. And so that's, you know, the idea of of plateauing when you're like, I've done everything I can do and I need someone to give me some specific tactics is really important. Because, you know, I feel like sometimes you do lose your motivation. Even if you're an extremely motivated person like I am, you get to a point when you're thinking, I feel like I should just give up this. I should just stop this. This is just getting way, way too much and I'm it's not working. I'm hitting my head against a wall. When you first
0: start anything, it's great. You're like, I'm killing it mm-hmm. <laughs> walking around, arms pumping in the yeah. air. It's great. But then when you actually get to that middle part of just doing it, doing it, doing it, mm-hmm. it gets boring really quickly. It gets taxing really quickly. Even in owning your business, like, let's say between getting, like, huge deals and clients and things like mm-hmm. that, you have a part where you're main, you're operating the business. The minutiae, yeah. The minutiae, yeah. You're operating the it. Non-glamorous you're the non-glamorous part. The non-glamorous part. Nobody ever talks about it, but those are the parts at which people fall off. Yeah. Because when they think about a business, they don't think about, you know keeping all your receipts so you can give them to your accountant
1: it can get to be a grind and at some point you have to get into a rhythm of you know something that you're always going to be doing all the time you have Mm -hmm. to get into a rhythm and create a pattern for yourself around that because you will lose steam for sure absolutely will lose steam around that
0: and even people who aren't in charge of doing things like keeping track of the funds and things like that Mm -hmm. even if you're at the most high high level it's there's always minutia. Mm-hmm. No one's job is exciting all the time. Right. Nobody. My job is. <laughs> no, it's not.
1: <laughs> I'm always no. excited. I'm yeah, always motivated. Always Listening to people motivate you and reading books. <laughs> and listening to podcasts like ours <laughs> and um, getting ideas and tips and, you know, watching, you know, Gary V and, and just getting snippets to keep you going forward. What, at what point does it become you're not executing and you're not doing and you're just spending so much time, you know, learning and you just some somewhere you're like, yes, yeah, stop learning and start doing. And how do you and how do you how do you how do you get that? How do you get that? to that place where I'm going to stop learning, I'm going to cl- turn off the TV, I'm going to shut off YouTube, I'm going to close this self-help book, and I'm just going to write some things down, put it on a spreadsheet and start executing. And, and sometimes it's, it's even hard to do that because the, the, the thought, it's daunting. You know, you need motivation to do that. You know, lack of motivation when you're an entrepreneur does spring up in very interesting ways and, and surprise, at surprising times. You never know when it's going to happen. I mean, I I, I don't want to say it's like depression, but it kind of I is. Do. It <laughs> happens when
0: I open my eyes in the morning. I am like, here it is, yay!
1: What? I mean, it kind of is. You never know when it's coming. You know, you it, yeah. you never know when it's going to hit you. You know, and that that's that sometimes you know overlaps into the burnout world too. You know, where you start realizing you don't have the motivation, but maybe you are really burned out. I mean, how do you decide? You know, how do you determine what this is? Is it lack of motivation or is it burned out? And it depends on where you are in your business journey, right? If you're just starting up, you know, it might be just daunting and you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. It's like when we've had the Google Digital Coaches workshops and there's people that are sitting there sometimes in the audience, you know, deer in the headlights thinking I had no idea that I had to do this much to launch. Yeah. And that kind of can put the brakes on what you're doing right off the bat. You'll be like, you know what? I am not motivated to do all that. I need to just go and get a job. <laughs> and and so for me, everyone is not going to be extremely motivated. And you have to kind of, you know, work through that. And, and I have to pull myself back sometimes, which is really hard for me, as you know.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> there are several things that go into motivation. I mean, if we want to get down to the chemicals, it's dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. So people who struggle with depression, one of the hallmarks is lack of motivation. Right. So when I'm talking about motivation right now, when we're talking about on the podcast, it's almost not about that magical feeling you get when you really want to like rearrange your closet or like paint a picture. Not that. When I talk about motivation, I mean like this is very, from a very tactical perspective, like Mm -hmm. how do you get yourself to do the things that you need to do? Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. Because the brain is an organ, like we're creatures of st- that react to stimuli that's it mm-hmm. everything you feel from your motivation to triumph to failure to hunger and th- it's all chemical reactions there's a whole you know school of thought around psychology cognitive behavior therapy that think that by feeding yourself certain types of thought and recognizing your thought patterns the way you go about solving problems the way you react to situations understanding how you solve or deal with certain situations you can purposefully break those patterns. Right. And then make yourself <laughs> do things. I love it. So it's less rah-rah and more, here are the chemicals that you're used to and that your brain feeds on that aren't really productive. Here's how to interrupt those cycles. Also, from a different perspective, it's also, here's what's possible. This is how I did it. You can do it if you follow these steps.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Ikoro. Psych.
1: I want to understand a little bit better why we're talking about self-help and motivation from your perspective.
0: So for me, it's really important because one of the reasons why I think the Honest Field Guide podcast is important in the first place is because when we talk about building things, when we talk about running things, we only talk about the shiny part, like Ginger on stage with a bunch of women who are already successful Like no one really talks about the stuff in the middle or the stuff that led up. Sure, we do the beginning heroes, you know, journey, you leave your corporate job and you sit down, you have your business card and you come up with the name and all of a sudden here we are. But it's like, what happened in between? And then more importantly, outside of the in-between, what just happens on a regular basis that's not glamorous that is what is required to run this? What does this actually look like in practice? Um, so that's why it's important to me to talk about motivation because a lot of times when people get to the point of running their own business, they don't have the mental tools that are required to do things like manage people, constantly put out fires, deal with customer service. Those are things that if or how you- how about bill paying? Bill paying, payroll. Those are things that- issues with vendors- there's a lot of emotional stress coming from someone who has a lot of friends that are small business owners. I see the stress that they go through. They have to think differently than the average person. The average person who comes and sits in in the chair at a salon, they see like the aftermath. They don't understand the emotional toll it takes that like you have a bride that's freaking out over here and you have to put that aside and and be present for the customer that's in front of you. But you're also so, you know, those are the type of things that make you cry at dinner. Yeah. (laughs) like Those are the type of things that if you don't prepare yourself, it will crush you Mm -hmm. and you won't be able to bounce back and have resilience and grit. I think that being a business owner from what I've seen is like being an athlete. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. You work a lot of hours a lot so you already have like you do tired. have to have a lot of stamina you have a stamina lot of stamina you don't sleep as much as other people sleep and your job because it's extremely mental you're burning a lot of energy that doesn't seem obvious right yeah. there's a lot of emotion that comes with owning a business mm-hmm. it just is and right. until you're there or if someone tells you or you're able to observe it at a close distance you don't know what that's like it's like that with everything. So it's about preparing yourself to have the mental tools to be able to punch back.
1: Yeah. I mean, motivation is different than stamina. Mm -hmm. It's really different. So motivation in some ways can come from really needing to make money, needing to take care of your family. Um, something happened, you know, in your business cycle, that forces you to make a change. And, and, you know, those are the kinds of things that can create motivation for someone, an entrepreneur or a small business owner, because they have no choice. And oftentimes, not having choices is fabulous for motivation, you know? So Mm -hmm. I sometimes when I try to feel like, what do I need to motivate myself to do this thing? I think about what's the worst that could happen.
0: What's that quote? Scarcity is the mother of all creativity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about, I think about what is the worst that could happen if I do this or what's the worst that could happen if I don't do this. And and sometimes you have to find reasons to motivate yourself because every single day I wake up, I'm not like, yeah, let's go do this. Mm -hmm. Like it's not happening every day, but you know, there's other things going on in my life when I have to make decisions and choices and I have to sometimes create a motive a motivating event so that I can keep moving forward and I think that um, one of the things I learned from my son's swim coach when you're a swimmer it's a very solitary um, athletic experience it's not like being on a football team where you Mm -hmm. have other teammates you know cheering you on or you're working together sometimes as a collective they
0: compensate for your mistakes and sometimes you exactly compensate for but theirs.
1: right but when you're a swimmer you're out there on your own All so you year. have to create um, some kind of a competition somehow in your head to motivate yourself right. to keep swimming right and and a lot of times you might look at the person next to you and say you know what today during my two-hour practice I'm going to always stay two strokes ahead of them, and that's what you have to do to keep yourself moving forward. So I feel like for the small business owner and the entrepreneur, you know, if you don't necessarily have a natural passion or natural um, um, inclination to be highly motivated come up with, you know, five things that will motivate you, make a false construct of things to motivate you. Because otherwise you may not make it. You know, you may not be able to keep going.
0: Yeah. I mean another part of that as well. So yeah, that that's one side of it for me is mm-hmm. like what is the worst that could happen? What happens if I don't do this? But then from my experiences with certain small business owners and trying to get them to understand the importance of, say, technology, you deal with, oh well, I'm fine with the money that I'm making right now. Right. Like if you're doing okay, if you're doing Mm -hmm. good and you are not motivated getting to the next phase or evolution of your business, which might mean falling in line with emerging technologies and and the way things are shifting people who are comfortable and not motivated to make any sort of change. Those are people that get left behind.
1: Well, I mean, you know, so there are, situations where you don't necessarily have the vision and you are too comfortable and that's a terrible place to be if you're an entrepreneur or you have a business for yourself you just you cannot allow yourself to let that happen you just can't cuz You may not be able to see it now, but when you look around the corner, everything's going to change or the, you know, the ground might fall out underneath you or the economy might take a turn for the worse, or you might have a life event. So that's not something that you should ever be thinking of. But I do agree that there's, there are entrepreneurs that I notice, you know, they're just kind of going along and, you know, some people can, I mean, some people have relationships they can rely on that will carry them through no matter how horribly they fail. That's not me. I've never had a life like that. I've Mm -hmm. never. I've always had to be highly motivated. I've always had to maintain an extraordinary level of stamina to keep moving forward with the work I've been doing over the last 20 Mm -hmm. plus years. So um, I don't really know what the answer is because everybody has their own answer. Everybody has their own sort of process. Entrepreneurs or business owners that don't have a lot of motivation I don't, it's possible that they don't have a real driving passion for the work that they're doing. Exactly. You know, they're not, yeah, they're not necessarily really feeling absolutely tingly and, and, you know, riled up and jazzed up about what they're working on, you know? And so you have to, you have to notice the signs. I mean, earlier you talked about the chemical processes happening in your brain. You have to see the signs and get the signals I don't love it. I don't care about it. And I have no passion around this. And so that's what you have to think about, too, when it comes to motivation.
0: And that's why it's important to do something that you love, because if you don't actually like the core of what you're doing, you won't be able to put up with all of the other things that come with doing anything. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this for a second. Do you ever take a mental audit? You need to define for me what a mental audit is because that sounds like a highfalutin term and I don't understand yeah. it. <laughs> First of all, it's a term that I just made up. I was going to say you did, right? I definitely Mental did. audit. I, I, Hashtag probably floating, mental audit. It's probably floating out there somewhere. But for me, a mental audit, which is something that I've been doing a lot lately is when I s- take some time, it's not a formal process, but it's, it's basically mindfulness. I take time and I think, am I doing this to the best of my ability? If not, what, what am I doing to waste time? If I were looking at myself from a third-party perspective, what would I say about the work that I'm doing? What would I say about the process? What would I say about the habits that I'm trying to break and the ones that I'm trying to you know, put into place and continue to practice? What thoughts am I getting hung up on? What fears am I getting hung up on? What worries me? What am I excited about? How am I dealing with those different emotions it's, it's almost like because if you just spend time doing and, and living and not being introspective at all you never how are you ever going to improve if you don't really think about the way that you think
1: mm-hmm.
0: right there's so many people that don't you have to think about the way that you think because thought patterns aren't permanent but you can't break them unless you're aware of them Mm -hmm. otherwise they just rule you so if you are a problem focused person where you're just like this is wrong this is wrong and that's why i can't do this you have to catch yourself doing that in the moments when you do it and know that you're doing it accept that you're doing it to be able to say I'm being problem-focused and not solution-focused.
1: Yeah, and I'm so the opposite of that because I generally don't self-reflect <laughs> enough and I just do things and it's a mm. double-edged sword. You know, I kind of think if I sometimes stood back and looked at some of the things I was doing, I might say, oh, maybe mm. I could do this a little bit differently and have better outcomes. But sometimes for me, if I think too much and I actually won't do... And I won't do it. I won't move forward. I And I, and I lose my motivation around whatever the task is in mm-hmm. front
0: of me. Mm-hmm. That's why, for me, mental audits are periodic. They're not super constant. It depends. It depends on what it is. Like, if I'm dealing with, like, I always get hung up on this thing, then I will check myself, just do a mental check. What's going on? What are you thinking? Why are you thinking it? And what can you change to stop this? Um, but mental audit is, is more of self-awareness. But that's not the same thing as like constant self doubt, mm-hmm. because self doubt is one of the things that you would pick up in your mental audit. Mm-hmm. You would say, "I'm always hesitating. Why is that?" And I think for me,
1: um, and maybe this is for some other, you know, entrepreneurs, is you do have to not care. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, you just have to be like, you know, what I just don't care what the consequences are i don't have you know i'm not gonna let anything stop me i've just got to get this thing done and you just sort of go ahead and do it and it can be a little bit impulsive but when you are an entrepreneur or a small business owner sometimes you literally can't think too much about things you just have to do you have to just do things when you spend too much time questioning and doubting then you will never get anything done, and you'll find yourself in a quagmire, or in you know, um, you know, a Bermuda Triangle, and you'll never get out. Mm-hmm. For real. No, I agree. You have to check yourself. That's the kind of do- mental audit that I sometimes yeah. check, which is a little different than yours. When I just have to say, "Oh,
0: I'm thinking a little bit too much. Just go ahead yeah. and make this happen." I do that too, though. Like, mm-hmm. but that's about recognizing that I. I spend a lot of time planning sometimes. And then I'm just like, you know what? We're just gonna open this document and we are going to begin to type. <laughs> my hands just move and there it is, one brick after the other. There was an artist, I don't remember who it was, but they said something like, If you don't feel like drawing, just go in your studio and sharpen your pencils. And I like, love that idea. In there and okay. like do so even if I don't feel like taking pictures, I have gotten into the habit of taking my camera with me. And forcing myself to take pictures because it does something to your mind where you're now being able to wield your creativity as opposed to having it fall on you whenever it feels like it. Then you begin to think more creatively and start to see the thing that you're actually looking for in the world. I struggle a lot with like the concept of achievement. Like I'm used to getting gold stars for stuff, right? (laughs) You know, I' it's a big look, part of me that just, doesn't care, but that's how I measure. Stuff, I have, I have never,
1: I have never gotten a gold star for anything, so I just need you to know that you're the gold star one, and I've never gotten recognition in those ways. And I'm fine with that. and I think it's great. I love mm-hmm. it that, mm-hmm. that that's something that. But that's you look just for. how I was raised. And you know like, what? You ding. never, you never get a gold star in business.
0: Exactly. You just exactly. Don't. But the but the fact of the matter is, and the reason why it's important for me to understand how I think is that I don't even care about the recognition i'm just so trained to say like if somebody isn't telling you good job then something's wrong i mean when (laughs) you have a business and you're an entrepreneur i'm going to
1: tell you right now that there is nothing on the planet earth that's going to motivate you if you're expecting to get a gold star or a pat on the back because the only thing that you should be looking at is, well, it
0: depends on your goals. That money. non i playing. Well, no, you're <laughs> joking, right. I joking. mean,
1: you know, where are the customers? Where are your clients? Are they coming back? Right, I mean, that's right. kind of like the gold star. You know, that's the mm-hmm. only way to mm-hmm. really measure your success in that way. Um, of course, you can always measure internal peace and internal happiness, but mm-hmm. generally you're not going to get anything that says,
0: you know, great, 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 great yeah. job. So I have had to retrain my mind in that sense to set my – well, of course, I always set my own goals, but to say to myself, here are my milestones and I am satisfied with the fact that I have completed it.
1: Well, I love that you brought that up because that maybe is a way to help people find their motivation by putting down on a spreadsheet, what are your milestones and how do you, yeah, how do, I love <laughs> spreadsheets. I mean, Google Sheets is the best, not Excel, but like, you know, if you put down what your own milestones are. And then you can measure where you are in that journey to that success. And Mm. you should definitely make sure the milestones are achievable. Mm. I mean, it's not different than having business goals or revenue goals. You know, you have to have your own goals because when you put them down, then you can decide, I'm motivated. Look at what I've done. You might not think you're motivated. When you actually go back and check off the things that you've completed, you'll realize, you know what? I am so I'm actually way more motivated than I ever thought I was. I'm getting things done. It's just a way of keeping track of it. Um, I was at a conference with Soledad um, O'Brien, former, uh, she's the best, right? And so one of the things that she talks about with the young girls that she's coaching is put everything on paper and keep a list and cross it off. Make a list every morning and keep going down the list and cross everything off and it'll keep you propelled forward. And that's a way to drive motivation within yourself. If you can't, if you're not a naturally motivated person, If you're not naturally just sort of wake up like, I'm at it, let's go, you know.
0: (laughs) Wake up punching a punching bag.
1: Yes, wake up punching a punching bag, you know, kickboxing, whatever it takes, Mm -hmm. you know. I think it works,
0: whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that list is very helpful. I bullet journal a lot, Mm -hmm. um, which helps me because I like having a box to check off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it also helps me keep track of my tasks and my projects. But there's something mentally satisfying about, you know, being like, check this thing is done i'm a little Mm -hmm. i'm a little closer Is there such thing as too much motivation?
1: I do not understand that. And I already disclosed Mm -hmm. very early on that I'm highly motivated and I have a lot of stamina. I don't understand your
0: question. So motivation without execution is just being riled up for no reason.
1: Well, I get that way too.
0: Right. But you (laughs) execute quite a bit. When I ask the question, is there such thing as too much motivation? I'm thinking about, is there such thing as like as being too much of a dreamer, and that getting in the way of actual action. Because you do have people that sit in front of YouTube, sit in front of the TV, listen to books, read books, and they're very, very motivated. They're full of passion. But something happens where that does not translate into action. That's what I mean. Because being creatures of chemical reactions, you get a sense of satisfaction from thinking about what you're going to do. Someone said... Sometimes it's better not to tell people your goals because in saying them out loud, you receive some form of social validation that tricks your mind and some deep part of your mind into feeling like you've already accomplished that goal because you get to talk about it and say what you will do, what you will do, what you will do. And that is patting yourself on the back. Your brain is pacified in some way because people go, oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great idea. You should do that. I could totally see you doing that. You feel really good about that, but you haven't done anything.
1: I mean, it's great because that's a trap. It's great because it reminds me of all the cooking shows on the Food Network when you're watching people make these amazing, delicious extraordinary meals and you turn around and eat ramen and I mean, but you're watching people put the food in their mouth and they're tasting yeah, like, it and they're did. enjoying it. And you're actually thinking like, I did that. You, you know, I did it through them. You're, you're living the vicariously and you, and you feel like you've made the meal. And then after you, you turn off the show, the you know, you might get out a couple of the ingredients that are on the recipe. And you're like, this is hard. <laughs> and then, But you might use them and you, you'll you do it and you'll be like, it wasn't as good as what I saw. But, you know, it, you'll kind of feel accomplished by it. But, but there is something to that where, you know, you do look around and you feel like you've actually done it, but you really haven't,
0: you know. Yeah. That's why it's also nice to put information out there about your... Um, area of expertise a lot of people fear that if they put out too much expert information on like plumbing or law or whatever service or good that you provide people like well that's bad for business because people have to pay for it most people who consume that information whether it's in the form of a white paper an instructional video they're gonna look at that feel great watching you do it and then realize that they don't have the motivation to actually go through the steps themselves and then turn around and hire you to do it
1: Maybe the question, Esther, isn't, is there such a thing as too much motivation? But the question is, is there such a thing as too much self-help? Because we are drowning in (laughs) self-help.
0: Well, we've always been drowning in self-help. That's why gyms, if you're opening a gym, your bread and butter comes from the fact that a lot of people buy memberships and they never use the equipment. Yep. (laughs) So... Planet Fitness that's can, me. can charge very <laughs> little for their membership because they have a high volume of members that don't put wear and tear on their equipment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I did not even know that for yeah, real. That's why gym, gym... If everybody who bought a gym membership used the equipment, they would have to replace that equipment so often. But Planet Fitness is like, it's only $10. So it's a negligible cost <laughs> that everybody signs up for in January because mm-hmm, yep. their New Year's resolution. And guess with a tiny percentage of people actually run on that physical treadmill but it's such a negligible amount that by volume right they have a bajillion members yeah i mean so the point is that you know are we drowning in self-help the culture of self-help two things it's a double-edged sword because whether it's self-help, whether it's church, whether it's whatever you, meditation or my, like whatever it is, the human brain is designed to pacify you. It doesn't want you to do anything risky, but you can't grow without doing something risky. And oftentimes it's the risk of failure that, or, or the fear of failure that stops you from even trying. It's the fear of failure or the fear of all of these unknown factors that makes you go, I'll just stay home today. Right. Those are the types of things. your mind doesn't want you to do anything new. Your exactly. mind never wants you to do anything new. Yeah.
1: Or you could be, you know, um, like what I do sometimes when I don't want to act or I don't want to do something. I pick up one of my, you know, books, which is telling me how to do something. You know, for example you know, the tools of the Titans is a tactical Mm -hmm. book by Tim Ferriss.
0: And it's really big. It's really huge. And it's it's all day in that book.
1: It's perfect for the title, but there's all these tactics. I think to myself, Oh, I'm going to use this and I'm going to deploy that. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to do this, write it in my book. And it just, you know, it it makes me feel like I'm doing something, but I don't necessarily go out and actually do the things he's recommending. But, and it's on the other hand, though, When I look at books like that, which are self-help, and sometimes they're really necessary for me to kickstart some Mm -hmm. motivation, Mm -hmm. right? Just to say, okay, let me just sort of, you know, rekindle my brain a little bit. Let me restart my process. Mm -hmm. Let me see what I can be looking at to help me get myself motivated to do this task or to start this new adventure or to come up with this new idea or concept for Mm you know, a project. So there is a, there is a a role for some of these things to play, but there is something to be said for too much of it. Too much of it doesn't work for you. It actually works against you.
0: I don't think the issue is the presence of motivation, material, culture, or personalities. It's the mind state of the person that's consuming it. It's like a diet. Like most diets will work. A lot of people either don't, go all in on it, or they do it and they stop. That's why they don't work. Everything will work if you actually stick with it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, whether you do a bullet journal, whether you do whatever practice or habit, if you actually stick with it and put it into place, it'll work for you. The problem is, which one are you going to stick with? That's the issue. So it's more about the mind state of the person because there are some people that pick up that picked up um, Tools for Titans and they've implemented that stuff and they're off to the races. There are people who, and people do testimonials and write in and comment in the comment section of Instagram all the time. There are people who watch Gary Vee and just based on the things he's saying has put into action and are now don't have time to watch Gary Vee anymore because they're doing the stuff. There are always going to be people who just want to watch you tell them what to do I mean, so, it.
1: you know, you bring up you bring up another good point, though, about Gary V, you know, so I think that there he's a muse for some people. He's yeah. a muse. I mean, he really is. I mean, he is somebody when you that, say muse. What do
0: you mean? Let a muse is
1: someone it. that, um, you know, ignites and inspires and helps you um, keep generating ideas, you know. That's a person that yeah. um oftentimes is like associated with, you know, spiritual, mystical properties he to is. to bring to bring someone else's vision to life. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like a writing partner, you know. Mm-hmm. John Lennon and Paul McCartney, they were each of them together mm-hmm. were muses for each other. So they couldn't actually create to the extent that they created without each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't working alone. You know, Bob Dylan, I mean, he may have had a muse, but we don't really know who his muse was. Um, So I feel like Gary Vee in some ways for some people, you know, just puts a little spark he out does. there for and and some people can take the spark and run with it and other people just sit and listen and do nothing yeah until it fizzled
0: out you know what i mean they, or maybe they
1: just maybe there's no fizzle they just keep listening they just keep feeding they just yeah. keep getting fed by what he's saying their and mind that's feels completely, good by
0: them living vicariously through him and that's
1: totally fine i mean you know mm. and oprah is the same way we talked about her last yeah. time i mean she's you know she's someone that keeps people motivated and keeps people going when they don't have that inner motivation themselves mm. and you know that's fine for some people but i will say in business um, that's not sustainable.
0: I have a quote here, it says, Sometimes lack of progress masks itself as process planning and perfectionism Mm -hmm. when you're just stalling. That's what it is. Because if you're planning, you have an excuse for not doing. When you think about some of the entrepreneurs and small business owners you've worked with, what are some of their most common roadblocks and hurdles when it comes to motivation and action?
1: The number one roadblock that I've come across, Esther, is that the entrepreneur or the startup or the small business owner sees 50 things on their list and they become very overwhelmed quickly. And they're like, where do I start? And that's what stops them from acting because there is so much to do. And when they see that list, they either say, I can do this, or they say, I've got to find someone to do it for me. And they may not have the money to have somebody do it for them. Or maybe they just are, they don't have the energy or the stamina to do what's required. You know, it's just, that's the number one roadblock that I see. There's just this, you know, where do I start? Where do I start? Can you be my mentor? You know, how do I do this? Who do I talk to? And Again, it's like it gets back to the, you know, what we talked about earlier. When you have a writer with a blank piece of paper, you have to start somewhere. You just have to write a single word on the paper, one word Mm -hmm. at a time. So you got to start tackling things one thing at a time. And that's that's it.
0: Yeah. Sometimes my most productive lists only have one thing on them.
1: As long as it's not too big of a thing, though, because sometimes if it's too big. It has
0: to be very like when I get in that space. Of there's too much where do i start i pick the simplest thing and then i do it yes i picked one just one yes simplest thing was the first most simple part of this
1: i love it and that's that's Write the only way to do it box
0: next to it and then check it out. i mean if you if
1: we had a picture right now of this podcast you would see the pink post-it notes that are all over my desktop Oh, really? Yes. I have pink post-it notes and they mm-hmm. all have a bulleted list on them and I categorize them and I bucket them Jesus. according to priority and mm-hmm. project in weeks and months. And, you know, I that's how I work. And I don't have it's like this is my this is my piece. I don't use a spreadsheet for this. I actually use post-it notes. Yeah, I, I mean, love posters. I, I love the Waze bright journal. pink, the bright blue, the bright green post-it notes yeah. that get my attention. They stop me visually from what I'm doing. Yeah. They don't blend into my background, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not extremely appealing color wise. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not comforting. Mm-hmm. They're like warning, warning, yeah. warning, you know, and I need that's sometimes yeah. what I need to look at mm-hmm. when I and so here's the other piece, though. Sometimes I know they're on my computer,
0: and I will avoid my
1: computer so I don't have to. <laughs> so look you don't want to look at, at them. So no, because <laughs> I know if I you're do, you're like using
0: your kids' computers, <laughs> exactly. and you're like, "Let me use your computer." I don't want to look at my.
1: I mean, if I if I if I know that they're on there, and I know yeah. if I go and look at my mm-hmm. computer with the notes, I'm one of those people, and this is a double-edged sword never put off tomorrow what you can do today and i will literally get there and i will be trapped until i finish those tasks yeah that's how i am so we just won't come home your kids like
0: where are you and you're (laughs) like the post-it notes are still there
1: (laughs) they're still there looking at me come get the post-it notes
0: my issue is that i'll make the the list and then i'll forget about the list (laughs) and i'll make another list. where will you put the list that's why i carry a journal around me now I carry a journal too, though, but... But my journal is where my lists are at. Okay. That way, I I know I always look at that notebook. So I can't be like, I put a post-it note here, and then I I forgot about it, and I put a coffee cup on top of it, or (laughs) I I forgot to look at it, and I don't remember what's on it.
1: So wait, are you... So I know someone. This is funny. I I loved
0: having daily planners in school. A planner... I could
1: never use a planner. You use planners? Wow. I don't use a
0: planner, but when I think about like being in grammar school when they would give you that and it's like you just write whatever it is that you need to do just write it down here right and then go look at it later my okay right journal, I love my it. tiny little journal is yeah. like whatever it is you need to do just write it down here <laughs> and you, you will whether you decide to do it today or whenever it's here so it's not i know floating somebody off somewhere in my i my know house. someone
1: that has like five journals
0: can't do nope no seriously listen they have five
1: journals (laughs) and the first page has three things and the next journal has three things and they've not been crossed off and this is just someone who cannot complete a task and they can't I know it's crazy three different journals my journal that I'm looking at right now I have I have I'm just saying I've got like I have about 10 more pages left and it's going to be done I'm going to move to my next one
0: Let's switch gears a little bit. One of the parts about being a business owner that you cannot avoid, oftentimes, um, unless you're fully automated and fully outsourced, is that you have to deal with employees, which means that you have to understand what motivates other people to action.
1: Make sure that you are, you know, being encouraging about work that's done well. And provide constructive feedback when it hasn't been done well. I also think it's important to keep employees and staff motivated and your consultants and your freelancers to give them the power to make decisions. Uh, micromanaging is the death knell <laughs> of any type of relationship in any way and that goes both ways you know I don't like to be micromanaged and I definitely don't want to be micromanaging people so it's important to um, allow people the ability to um, make wise choices and to make mistakes, and that way people can keep themselves in check and and feel trusted and and feel safe, um, and feel valued. You know, and those are really my two top things. Um, I'm sure there's other um, you know larger companies you know like Google that deploy um, much more significant tactics, like um, amazing you know food culture you know, workout facilities, you know, massages, um, you know, having longer vacation days and um, very generous um, maternity and paternity leaves and things like that. But when you're a small business owner, you don't necessarily have, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of um, stretch um, with your company. So having, you know, people that want to be around you and that want to work and they feel that they've made a difference and can contribute and they walk away with, um, work that can take them to the next level of whatever that level is whatever they're looking for that's what I deploy when I'm working with um, you know outside consultants staff and freelancers and other entrepreneurs that help me you know build my company in different places and different verticals
0: what how do you find out what motivates them specifically is that important
1: I think it depends. I think it depends on the employee. Um, Some employees just want to kind of come in and get paid and walk out. You know, they just want to make their money and do the task. And Mm that makes them very happy. And then there's other people that have, you know, other goals for what they want to do with their Mm -hmm. lives. They want to learn or they want to stretch or they want to transition careers. Um, I have one person I've worked with for a number of years. And, you know, she was really saving money because she wanted to go to grad school. And now she's at grad school. So she was really doing work. Um, for the money that was motivating her because her ultimate goal was to um, be away at school yeah. and go back and get her PhD. So it just depends on what the, the employee or the staff are looking for. And it's really a conversation to understand what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And you have to have a trusted relationship. You have to be able to
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, be honest with each other about what's happening. You know, that's the key is being honest and, and being able to bring your, your real full self um, to the relationship. If you can't bring your full self, then you know how
0: can you possibly motivate anybody people talk about working with and hiring millennials one of the things that they struggle with especially older business owners working with younger millennial generation employees they don't have the same motivations that those older business owners are used to dealing with in workplaces. For instance, you know, some would say like a lot of millennials wanna understand the bigger impact of what they're working on or feel like they're doing something good or, or worthwhile and all of these things that manifest themselves very differently when compared I mean, obviously everyone wants to feel like they're doing something worthwhile. Some people just want to collect a paycheck, but but it does look different. And so what it takes to motivate those employees or get them to have loyalty to your business or even your brand as consumers looks different.
1: Have not been one to be motivated by external events or you know things that are happening around me and outside me I've not been a person that looks for that type of validation to keep moving forward mm-hmm. so I know for my relationships in my business world that I also look for um, self-motivated and self-starting individuals mm-hmm. because I think like an entrepreneur and the people that I like around me, I like them to be thinking that way too, because we have an alignment of spirit that is very difficult to teach. It's very difficult to teach that. Yeah. So, um, it, and, and everyone doesn't have internal motivational mechanisms. And, um, you know, that's why we're talking about this. You know, if, if you don't have an internal drive, you know, how do you, force it? How do you create a way for you to get that? Especially when you're an entrepreneur and want to start a business, you've got to find ways to keep moving forward because it's a very brutal experience to have a business or to start a business or to have an idea or to bring um, a concept to life and, and bring it to market. It is it is not for the faint of anything. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's not for the
0: faint, the of, faint anything. of anything.
1: I, I just want to avoid the phrase, the faint of heart, but it's, it's not just not, it's not for any kind of wilting violets. Um, you faint. know, you, if you're relying on outside external forces to keep me moving forward, it's, you may not, you may not make it. You may fail. Mm-hmm. So you've got to find ways to drive yourself. You have yeah. to drive yourself. Um, you know, it's like when I had um, my first child and I have three sons and I had a whole two shelves worth of, you know, how to be a parent. And at one point, <laughs> you know, my, my mother-in-law says, throw the books away and just be a mother, you know, just stop with the self-help books, just do it. You know? Yeah. And it was like, what do you mean? Just do it. I need someone to hold my hand, you know, but at some point, you know, you realize, you know, that's actually totally true. Yeah. You know, I, there is no manual for how to, you know, be an entrepreneur. There mm-hmm. is no book that says mm-hmm. this is how, you know, you run a, how you can motivate yourself and how to run a business. There's lots of great tactics. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great tactics and sometimes you really need them. I mean, I've got some really amazing books on sales, mm-hmm. you know, which talk about the psychology of sales mm-hmm. and and what's happening inside of a company that shows you the 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 order of authority so you mm-hmm. can understand who's writing the check mm-hmm. and yeah, who's who the influencer to, to get mm-hmm. the person to write to check. And who's the person who's just sort of staging a fake environment that has nothing to do with anything. I mean, there are things like that that yeah. are helpful to know so you Insights. can figure out. Yeah. So you can figure out how to close deals, but outside of that kind of a space, you know, you know, you got to sometimes just turn off the noise and, yeah. and just start doing things.
0: Are there some pillars of motivation, habit or behavior that you feel like everyone needs to have?
1: When I, talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that have been doing their thing for a long time. Um, or I talk to business owners that have had businesses for a number of years and they're not necessarily changing. They're kind of phoning it in. The question is, what is it that needs to happen for a business owner to be motivated to not phone it, phone it in anymore? Or, or what needs to happen for an entrepreneur? who has been at this for so long, and they're not, you know, making any more money, they're not getting new clients, or maybe there's things are just starting to get stale. What are some of the ways that, um, you know, these people can get some kind of motivation to change? And that's really a question of motivation to change. Um, I always suggest, and I feel like I say this at every single podcast, and you do too, you either need to start reading books, current books, or you need to start listening to them on audio, you know? Because when you hear people, um, and this this is more along the lines of how do you reignite motivation? How do you kickstart it? Because I'm, I'm assuming that these entrepreneurs and business owners have been motivated in the past, right? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they have been motivated because they still have a business and they're still doing the work they've been doing. So it's not like they're starting and trying to figure out how to get, how to start more, or how to grow something. They're really sort of, you know, they're on the path and, and, nothing's, and nothing's been changing. And they're sort of looking around saying, you know, something's gotta change, you know, I'm, I'm still doing okay, I, I'm, I, but I do feel like something's missing. What, what do you need to do? You need to start looking at some books. And this is a place where I do think there isn't too much of self-help. There's not too much of listening to Gary Vee. You know, whatever it takes to to shock your brain and your process and your stride to, to, to get you off course a little bit to see something different and something and something that needs to change and that's a place that I think is really successful. now for the for the business or the startup that is trying to start or trying to move forward and they have all these ideas on paper um, that's a place where you just have to start jumping off the cliff and taking chances And I know it's hard for some people to do that because they're not risk takers they're not impulsive. Another thing to think about, when you're an existing business owner and you might wake up one day and say oh my gosh I am so tired I've been at this for so long I don't know if I can keep doing this I'm just I'm exhausted I'm tired tired I've had so many conversations Esther with businesses like this that are just starting to wear thin and wind down you know or they want to wind down but how about this they can't because they haven't reached their retirement goals. You know, they yep. haven't made enough money. They still have small children. They have a parent in the home that they have to take care of. Maybe they're in debt, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. And I would suggest that to re-motivate yourself or to, or to kind of kickstart a new experience with your business or, or something that's happening inside of you is volunteer. Go out and volunteer and start using your expertise to teach others, right? I mean, that's a great way to re-energize yourself and to make yourself feel like, you know what? I actually am doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good out there. You know, I'm, I'm giving sharing my expertise. I'm giving away my knowledge for free. I'm not charging for it. Maybe even do one-on-one coaching, you know? Um, potentially write a white paper book, a white paper that you can then release from your website or start writing articles on LinkedIn anything that helps you share your knowledge because that way you can start getting feedback and you kind of get that that rush that you got when you first started a business when you felt you know look at everything I'm doing it's great you know you kind of you kind of need that 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 chemical that sends a rush through your head when you've been in business for a long time you 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 need to figure out ways to um You know, get some fresh insights and and fresh uh, movement. And one of the ways to do that is by sharing what you know with others. I would like to know what is your
0: pillar of motivation? My pillar of motivation is my ultimate why. Hmm. Knowing the core of the reason I'm doing anything. So my goal in life is to become the best version of myself, utilizing my gifts and my passions to be the best version of myself because I will be the happiest i can be if i feel like i'm giving life everything i have i'll be a better partner i'll be a better daughter because i will be fulfilled in what i'm doing Mm -hmm. i am feeling more and more fulfilled every day but that's the ultimate why the how depends on what route i have this poster in my room it's a history of apple computers and it starts off, I mean, it's this huge thing that has all of their devices. Like, all, is like this web of products that led up to and culminated to all of these things. When I was in high school, I volunteered at a nursing home. And it's really important, I think, to be very clear with yourself about what happens after some years. Because <laughs> when you're 90 years old, right? 90 yeah night like 90 that's almost a century that is that's up there okay it is up there no definitely definitely this is coming from a person who plans on being like 140 years old so it's up there okay wow it's up there they're gonna have to come get me <laughs> 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 they're like ma'am i'm Esther's like, like nope, I am not a going few more yet. they just got flying okay cars. go ahead the greatest thing is at any moment to be willing to give up who we are in order to become all that we can be On a day-to-day basis, I think about where I want to be in five years, who I want to be, what I want, not necessarily what I want to accomplish, but like fulfillment. Like did I do or attempt to do the things that I want to do? Uh, Because I don't want to have regret at the end of my life when I literally maybe even physically can't do those things.
1: So then one of your pillars of motivation is avoidance of regret.
0: Avoidance of regret.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. That motivates a lot of people. I mean, that's a that's actually an mm-hmm. excellent tactic and I'm glad you brought it up because if nothing else, put on a piece of paper what you will regret mm-hmm. if you die tomorrow mm-hmm. that you didn't accomplish. Because mm-hmm. if you put that on paper and you look at that, you'll say,
0: mm-hmm. Man, I'm not going out like that. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I and, love that. That's a for great me, tactic. The fear of not giving it a good shot. If you have a lot of potential sure. Right. You can rest in that. Yeah. And the potential might be the worst thing you can have. Right. Because there are a lot of people with potential that are like, yeah, I was really good at this. You know, I could have, but I didn't. It's just like, yeah, "Yeah, but you didn't though. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter. And it's not only you didn't, but you didn't even try. You didn't even try. And that is the worst. Yeah. Which is also why it's important for me to surround myself with people that are doing the things that I want to do so that I continue to remind myself that it's possible and those things are at the core of every day when I wake up and I'm like, I have to do this. I have to do that. This is difficult. All those th- process things and mm-hmm. the long road from the first, you know, Mac computer to the iMac. like all of yeah. those in between learning and failing and try all that stuff. That's the stuff that you have to keep your eyes on the ultimate goal.
1: I think those are four great tactics. Um, the last one resonates with me. Um, the most because you have to be careful of the company you keep when you're in business. So being surrounded by people that are, yes, going to champion what you're doing. Yes, are going to give you constructive feedback when you're failing or when you're being successful, even um, being around positive forces that are not trying to step on your neck. That you can have visuals of success and maybe you're not quite as successful, but they're not so successful that they're so distant that you know you'll never get there, right? So being around a tribe of people that can keep you motivated is a tremendously powerful tactic when you're in the solo entrepreneur, lonely, lonely world of a business, Mm -hmm. you know, because you could be so internal with what you're doing that you drown and you do lose motivation. So that's an excellent you know, um, place to think about when you have a business and how to stay motivated or how to find motivation. I love that last one. That was great. Great. Esther, so now it's time to talk about the books that we're going to recommend. And it's so funny because this podcast is about not relying too heavily on self-help books, yet at the end of our podcast, we're
0: recommending a few self-help books. The first is a book by Angela Duckworth called Grit, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. Why? Very good book because it it talks about the principle of grit, which is the thing that gets you through that messy middle part. Ooh, grit yeah. is what keeps you going. And Angela Duckworth is a PhD. She has a very popular TED Talk that you should go uh, watch and she's taken time to study high achievers and she looks at achievement and success and things like that and accomplishment not through the lens of who has the most natural talent who has the most gifts but what is the element that helps people persevere bounce back which are the things that are necessary if you're going to accomplish something because setbacks are are inherent in anything that you do. And when I think about entrepreneurship, it's a bunch of setbacks, it's a bunch of hurdles, it's a bunch of fires to put out. The next one is the five second rule by Mel Robbins. Oh. And when I say five second rule, I'm not talking about you know dropping something on the floor and picking it up and eating it <laughs> within five seconds, thinking. which is actually <laughs> disgusting. The minute it touches the floor, it's a wrap <laughs> for me. But the five second rule is really simple. If you're trying to do something, a physical action that uh, you just can't get yourself to do, count backwards from five. Five, four, three, two, one, and on one you move. And that is a very big basic strategy that is gone into in great detail in this book, but it's, it speaks to the very core of the human mind and interrupting thought cycles or cycles of doubt. The purpose of the five second rule book is to get you to stop hesitating. So excellent. Yeah,
1: I love that. So I've got two books and one of them I talked about earlier, Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans, and he is an author full of very specific tactics. I love that about Tim Ferriss. He's like, this is what you need to do right now. This is how you do it. This is where you go. This is who you talk to. This is the URL. Excellent, excellent books. He's got a ton of them. He's got a great website. Um, So I highly recommend pretty much anything by Tim Ferriss, but Tools of Titans is great because it highlights um, high performers, um, well-known people and what they've done to be successful. And we always want to look at the people that are really, really successful, as well as people that are doing really, really well, but may not be famous. But um, this book really does get to the to the heart of it. And the other book is a little bit um, off the side a little bit. It's by an author named Paul Hawken. It's called Growing a Business. And it used to be a PBS series. And it focuses on um, more of an ecosystem, natural process to grow a business. I think that... Um, It's got some lessons around um, the future and it has lessons around what kinds of relationships you need to develop, what kinds of environment you need to build, and you should really look at this book. It's written more um, long form, it's not tactical, it's higher level, it's more big picture and I highly recommend it. Paul Hawken is an amazingly brilliant author.
0: It is time for you to give your uh, special message to black female entrepreneurs and business owners.
1: Yes. And this is such an important tip. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Number one tip, only tip of the podcast, and this is perfect around the discussion of motivation. Stop hanging out with your friends when you're doing business. Stop hanging out with your friends when you are out there networking go alone don't go with your friends when you are researching for opportunities you know go to events stand by yourself introduce yourself to people that you don't know be around people that don't make you feel comfortable when you are a black woman in business when you're out hanging out with your girls, you know, after hours, having food and drinks, totally fine to relax and get all of the great advice and say, yeah, this happened to me, check this out, things like that. But when it comes to business, your friends are not good company to keep because you won't grow, you won't challenge yourself, and you need people to help you see something fresh and completely different that you haven't seen before. And I think that one of the, one of the things that – holds African-American women back in business is, um, we don't necessarily take risks as much. We don't like to expose our weaknesses. We want to be appearing strong all the time. And when we're not around people, when we're around people that we don't know, we feel weak, right? And so, but when you feel that kind of weakness, that actually makes you stronger. That's my number one tip. that's it that's what we've got to make happen gotta make that happen
0: yeah get out of your comfort zone
1: all the time thanks for joining us on the honest Feel
0: guy podcast where we talked about motivation self-help and getting things done i'm estri coro And I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl, and we'll see you next time. The Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Estary Koro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village.
1: Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carol. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Ikora.